Hi friends, welcome to the Artist Blend. Today we're going to be talking about mapping and projections within scenic design. So grab your mug and let's get talking. <laughs> well, hey everybody! Hi, been welcome too long. back. It's <laughs> been too long for us. It's been quite a minute. Anyway, today's coffee is uh, Alpine Air Coffee Roasting is the name of the company's, mm-hmm. um, and it is the Campfire Blend. I believe it's a blend. Well, it says it's a Honduran coffee currently. Okay. It doesn't specify whether they're actually from the same farm, but mm. they're at least all from Honduras. So okay. If, there, if it's not a single origin, it's a closed blend. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah, but it is um, the Alpine Air Coffee Roasting uh, Campfire Dark Roast Coffee. Uh, it's their super dark roast. We got it in, I, I was in Wyoming for my sister's wedding. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you travel, you got to find out the find coffee, coffee beans yeah. in, in the area. So we went and uh, my mom actually found them. And we got the bag. And, nice. Yeah, figured we'd try it on the show. Yeah. Took a page More from Kelsey Fulton and tried tried things while you were somewhere else. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Today we are talking about uh, projections in theater and specifically in scenic design. Um, Easton and I have been fascinated with the uh, the use of projections um, and particularly with mapping. So this episode is really going to be more of a discussion. We haven't really mm-hmm. prepped a lot of material um, and so, by we haven't prepped a lot, he means we haven't prepped at any, all. Yeah. <laughs> well, we no, were supposed what? to do like a um, just like general scenic design yes. and like walk through some of our favorite designers and favorite uh, scenic designs and whatever. But like right before we started, I was like, "Hey, wait! I feel like we should just talk about this." So this yeah. is like just from from our mouths, not yeah. filtered through any so brains enjoy. or planning. So <laughs> beware and enjoy. Yes, but I, this is a topic that both of us I feel like have like in in some of our shared classes and mm-hmm. beyond. We've talked about these things a little bit Absolutely. i know we've one thing we've definitely talked about is um the beetlejuice projection mapping on the ground yes. molding oh my gosh for me that was sort of like the realization of how important and mm-hmm. transformative this technology is yeah. particularly mapping mm-hmm. um was there like a, a show or a moment for you where you sort of realized what it was doing for me it was beetlejuice in a slight way as well because i i had heard that the set completely shifted and mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. I get to see it in, in a few months. Oh, you still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, so I, I can't Crazy. wait. Um, so I'm going to just freak out in the crowd when I see it. <laughs> but uh, I know I knew that it switched the house mm-hmm. from uh, the the normal house looking and then to Beetlejuice land necessarily. Yeah. And I was fascinated how they did that. But then another thing for me is Disney uses it in their projections on the yeah, castle now within the, the shows. And, things. and when... I saw both of those, not in person, but I've seen videos of the Disney World and, and land usage of it. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is this? So that yeah. caused me to go down that tiny little rabbit hole um, yeah. for projections. But we both have had uh, in classes the discussion come up that a lot of people don't like projections in shows sometimes because it takes people's attentions away from mm. what's happening on stage. And to to go into that topic first is I would and wouldn't agree. And the reason I say that is because I think for some shows, it helps tell the story entirely. Mm. Um, for example, when you look at uh, Dear Evan Hansen, which uses projections, <laughs> um, 
it it doesn't necessarily help the story. It helps the effect of what's happening in the sense of if you haven't seen it, for example, um, the scene where Evan's um, speech goes viral. It's basically mm. nothing but projections of tweets and Instagram posts and shares and all this other thing. I think that helps visually sell the point. But it's like, is that necessary? If they didn't have that, could they project it? And that that's kind of the debate. What are your thoughts on, yeah. on that? Also, I think it's funny that both of the designs that were that we've mentioned, Beetlejuice and Gerard Hansen, are both David Corns. Correct. Because um, <laughs> he's, yeah, gosh, really? he's incredible. <laughs> um, also, there are a couple of articles that I have not read, but yes. like in the five minutes before we started, I just pulled these up and I'm going to link them. Let's do it. Um, I'm not even going to try and go through it because I don't want to like try to adjudicate or uh-uh. qualify an article live because that's messy. Um, but if you want to look, it's um, one is Theater Art Life. It's, uh, I believe it's Stefan Mazarek. I might be pronouncing that horribly because I'm just reading it. Uh, yeah. Apologies if so. Um, it's Steve- Stefan Mazarek on projection design for theater. He's um, um, a projection designer in the Chicago area. And hey. then also there's an article on Playbill called How Projection Design is Changing the Landscape of Theater hey. uh, by Alan Mogul. But um, anyway, those are just a couple things. But to get actually respond to your question, yeah. Um, for me, I always go back to um, <laughs> the first time I saw projections at all being used in theater was like at this church, and they were doing like a kids program thing, and you know they you can buy the projection packages uh-huh. if you're doing Beauty and the Beast, you have a, a village projection yep. and a castle projection, and the. As you were saying, it is screens are distracting. Like the human mind, because our our brains are focused on um, observing light and uh-huh. the way we perceive light and screens. If there's a screen, our eyes just like yep. go right to it, which is yep. really I feel I feel like that's what you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're thinking about the same conversation. We are in, a while and, back. Yeah, and really, it comes to like um, technologies being so heavily involved in our lives now. Yeah, uh, you and I have grown up. Sort of in the before stage of that, but also yeah. the transition into where we are now. Yeah. And in like, you, if you stare at your phone too late at night, you won't go to sleep because the blue light affects your eyes. Yeah. And it keeps your brain awake. So yeah. there's so many studies about this that the fact that we use it in theater is dangerous in some in some respects because if you have this intimate moment happening on on stage. And you have some mm. projection in the background. People may be like, oh, is the screen going to move? Oh, yeah. something's coming. So, yeah. And yeah. I, for me, that's where... So for for me, it all boils down to how it's being used Correct. and whether or not it's being used as a crutch. Yeah. Um. But so to back up and then I'll like yeah, move yeah, forward yeah, yeah. to that direction. So looking at like the, the church programs or whatever and... that use those projection things, the, the worst thing was when... There was it was a bare stage except oh no. for a giant white back wall oh no. where they would project onto. Yeah. And I was like, it's I understand that budget is mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. I understand that, you know, some some programs are just getting along or figuring yeah. things out. Um, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, but it was always a pet peeve for me of seeing sort of like the, the not the lack of creativity, because there's absolutely creativity involved in having to create those projections. 100%, That's an art yeah. in and of itself. Yes, um, we'll get into but that. To rely, yeah, but to rely on it as the only form of scenic design, uh-huh. I think, is is limiting. Uh-huh. Um, and it's also 
limiting learning opportunities too. Like, exactly. okay, if we don't have the budget, what can we do? Yep. Um, my theater teacher in high school used cardboard for everything because mm-hmm. we couldn't afford mm-hmm. to go buy lumber. Mm-hmm. Um, so we there would use is. cardboard. <laughs> uh, and it worked. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. And again, if you're going to tear it down after a few months anyway, why not? Why not? Um, but so, so that was the first time I kind of saw projections being used. Mm-hmm. And then I saw... Um, the Anastasia tour mm-hmm. and Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder tour. Mm. And both of those use projections in such different ways. Really? Anas- have you seen both of those shows? I have not. Okay. I'm a terrible theater person. Oh, it's <laughs> fine. I have I know these stories 100%, yeah. so no no spoilers at all. Yeah. But. Uh, for, for those who haven't seen it, mm-hmm. um, they so Anastasia is a gorgeous musical. It does rely heavily on LED screens eh. um, and animation to take you from scene to scene uh, and to do some really interesting things but they they there were a lot of screens yeah um, and I don't know if that was necessarily something that they did to help in transferring the show and condensing was, it to put it I on the road. I was going to say, was it a, a tour or yeah. in-house? But if it's tour, I don't know. it I makes mean, sense I that seen way. It. I didn't see it in New York, so yeah. I don't know what any changes were made. But I imagine it also makes it easier to travel on the road. Yeah. Um, And then Gentleman's Guide use it a lot less. They use it more sparingly. <laughs> um, But in both cases, they were used as a tool. <laughs> um, There was a really cool moment in Anastasia where they're on a train and you're looking at the train from the side, and then the perspective changes. It's like a pan, okay. And it goes from the side of the train to the front yeah. because they're getting onto the caboose, or maybe the back. I don't know. They're yep. getting on, on on the different part of the train car. <laughs> yeah. And so you see the unit that they are on as it rotates. The okay. projections, the perspective of the projection rotates as well. Yeah. And so it's this beautiful effect where it looks like you're watching like a from a camera that's <laughs> just, just shifting around. Um. So that was really cool. And then something similar in Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, they have um, all these crazy locations that change on a whim. Like a skating and pond they have like a, for one. Yeah, like I was going to yeah. say this ice skating. There's uh-huh. a sequence with where they're ice skating and then like they fall in the water yep. and um, it's hard to do that. And so they used the projections. I, I actually don't know if you'd call them projections if it's on an LED screen because technically it's not projecting. Hmm. It's screenage. I don't know. Uh, anyway... I'm going to lump that all in together because no, I assume it's sort of the same thing. But um, uh, but yeah, I, and I would so say I feel no. like it's, it's say, a matter of usage. Yeah, I would say it's a screen. Like, it, yeah. it counts as both. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like it's it's how you're using it. And it is it uh, a crutch? Are there are there things that you could have done that would have better told the story? Yeah. And just sort of all of those factors. Makes sense. I, I love when a show, like you were just talking about with Anastasia, when it can transport you. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, what was the show that I saw? I think it was the most recent tour that came through Nashville of Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And it was, for the majority, projection of backdrop. But yeah. particularly with the carpet ride, I mean, everyone knows that they're not really flying on a red carpet, like a carpet. Sure. But the the design was done so beautifully that you can be in the, the suspended disbelief of, oh, we are traveling to many different places really, really quickly. But if, I guess my thing is, and this can transfer into a different topic, you were talking about it being a blank screen and just being projected mm. on it uh, yeah. with your first experience. I love, and this is getting into the topic of mapping, I love when they can take 
a triangle shape, for example, that's suspended or is part of a roof and change it. Just mm. just it, not the entire yeah. spec. So that's when it gets into mapping, um, mm-hmm. which we were going to talk about too. And you were talking about it being an art. It is more than art. It's like math and... Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, architecture and everything imagine. like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. They have systems for it, sure, but you still have to know... You have okay. to learn those systems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you have, uh, you don't have, it, you have experience with it, but in in a way, yeah, Songs for a New World. Yeah. In that show, you had extreme angles on the set, like oh, to, yeah. to certain degrees. Yeah. And the question I have is, that was very difficult to build. Mm-hmm. But just imagine trying to have to project on it every night. Mm-hmm. And if it moves and it's off a centimeter, then your projection suddenly on the back wall and it's yeah. like that would stress me out yeah. so much to have to do something like that but it's crazy yeah and I mean it's this is sort of a separate uh, world it's not necessarily theater mm-hmm. but living near the parks yeah. projection mapping is being used everywhere all the time oh really not to mention the Cinderella castle nightly <laughs> spectaculars like <laughs> the entire castle and a lot of main street is the, the buildings, I was gonna say particularly they, the castle, are yeah. projected over, um, and they have these in, incredibly intricate mapping, and I just don't understand, first off, how they do it, yeah. but also how they're able to maintain it, and mm-hmm. honestly, hot take is that some of the projected mappings across the park are not maintained very well. Yep. Um, I've seen was, some videos. Yeah, I was yep. on a ride the other day, and um, it was, I can't remember what it was, whether it was a, a character's face being projected onto mm-hmm. an animatronic or maybe it was like a scenic dressing. Uh, I don't know what it was. I don't remember. But I could see where like this circle mm-hmm. on the wall was had, had a pattern and a color projected onto it, but the circles did not line up. So yep. like it bled over on one side and left Somebody, the circle empty on the other. Yep. And Somebody so knocked the, into the entire, it or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the entire map was was rough and it was a little blurry too because uh-huh. it, so i think that was a matter of like the the light itself was mm-hmm. a little old and maybe needed to be replaced but mm-hmm. then also the maybe it was needed to be physically adjusted i don't know how it works yeah. but it's something that if you're going to use it in those sorts of ways needs to be maintained and so i can't imagine do, uh, doing a show like beatles use on the road where mm-hmm. you have literally like quarter of an inch ground molding it's ridiculous that is having to be taken apart and readjusted and put on the road yep. and um focused mm-hmm. that intensely uh I that that is I mean a, you'd have to have a tech week every city. I cannot <laughs> I cannot imagine yeah. how many people they have on the team oh just to deal with all the projections. Which truck is the tech? Oh did that one. Okay, cool. Uh, those five over there. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um I remember uh this was close to a year ago because um, with um, Liz's company doing um, Castle of Villains event, we talked about mapping in, mm. in a joking sense, but also in like, well, maybe we should do it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll look at like projectors just out of curiosity. Yeah. The cheapest, like base level one that I could find, it was like $10,000. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Ugh. And it's it, it was the size of my laptop. So it would only do like a wall. The yeah. ones, <laughs> the ones that will do houses are astronomically expensive, and rightfully so. Like, yeah, for, for what sure. they're doing and what they can do, it's incredible technology. 100%. Yeah, but it's it's really cool. And honestly, some videos that I see of um, 
this isn't this to sidetrack a little bit this isn't necessarily brand new technology we're talking about it like it like it is but um i mean the parks have been using projection as far as character faces or uh, even Mm. eyes for years um you have people that have gone viral on youtube or any kind of platform with making Christmas displays on their houses where faces are talking yeah. in the windows. Have you seen those pumpkin heads? I have. With the moving? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're so funny. They're so, you're going to stand there and tell <laughs> me that I'm <laughs> wrong <laughs> when it's a pumpkin <laughs> with yeah. its moving mouth. It's crazy. I That's saw, projection I saw the projection sa- It's the same thing. Yes. And it's, it's fascinating when people can turn it into something humorous like that. But then yeah. you look at it and you're like, oh, you changed an entire house on stage in literally two seconds? Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's yes. awesome. Do you love enjoying a nice, warm mug of your favorite tea or coffee? Then you're going to love Carver Trading Company. Located in Orlando, Florida, they are proud to be veteran-owned family business that selects the finest green coffee directly from several growing regions around the world for a fresh farm-to-cup experience. They source coffee in a socially responsible and environmentally sustainable way that benefits the areas where the coffee is grown. From light roast to dark, including blends like Colombian, Donut Store, and a Costa Rica selection, they also provide decaf and a wide variety of tea blends that pair perfectly with any rainy day or cozy evening with a good book. They also have gift cards available, making the perfect gift for that coffee or tea lover in your life who is, let's say, particular with their drink preferences. Not only are their products delicious, but they are wonderful people too. Definitely fit the good beans category in our books. So check out the link in our show notes for a 10% off discount today. So talking about the the high cost of equipment, the intense technological mind you have to have to embrace mm-hmm. that technology i feel like projection mapping and sort of even just utilizing screens of any kind whether yep. you're projecting images or using led screens or whatever it is mm-hmm. using all of that technology i feel like creates may create a new barrier of entry okay for designers or for theater companies oh. who are trying to access those designers with those skill sets. Because 100%. It's, it's, it's almost like introducing AI to mm-hmm. a new, or to to an old industry. Like, this is a brand new thing mm-hmm. in this world that, I don't know, it just feels like it could be something that separates high quality, not high quality necessarily, but um, high budget commercial endeavors mm-hmm. with smaller companies, or at least smaller budget companies. Mm-hmm. It might be something that sort of divides that world correct and based on technological technological understanding Uh but it it also could be that like it's something it's just like any other skill in a trade and it's not as difficult to pick up but maybe the programming is difficult and yeah i I don't know i just wonder university (laughs) yeah i I just wonder if that might be an issue um i think it might be disparity i think it might be the other thing that comes to mind with that topic and thought is you open up an entire door for uh, graphic designers to be now mm-hmm. part of theater. And I don't know, I would say 10 years ago, maybe that wouldn't have been a thing. Yeah. Like it would have been, but you, you look at shows, the one that comes to mind, for example, like uh, you have Shrek, the musical you have, mm-hmm. uh, Le Miserable, you have, in Phantom, you have all these big musicals that ten years ago, that the set was the set. Like you wouldn't, mm-hmm. you wouldn't use projections. But then uh, the most recent tour of Les Mis that I saw did use projections, 
Mm-hmm. And again, it's a tour. So I guess in some ways it's like, does it become popular because it works or does it become popular because it's easy to transport? Mm. Like, And I think I think that goes along with the topic uh, that you were saying of like, not necessarily quote unquote good quality versus bad quality, but it's like, w- which one do you choose? Yeah. It's sort of along the lines of the, the discussion we've had before with musicians. Like if you use keyboards, you can turn a 26th symphony orchestra into seven people that can fit into the pit way easier so it's like yeah apples and oranges do you take away i think to to sort of wrap up thoughts on some things and we can discuss other topics if we want i think it can be an incredible tool like you were saying bringing ai into older industries i think it's an incredible tool but it just depends on how it's used yeah and if if you come if it becomes too much of a crutch your your show's gonna limp and mm-hmm. that's not to to lightly put a joke on that kind of situation, but like that is yeah. what it is. Yeah, I think so. We're on the same yeah. wavelength, and I think one thing that I realized in this conversation is that the reason we love theater mm-hmm. is because we are bringing the imaginary or the the things that live in our head. We are creating them in our practical world. Yeah. So if, if I mean, you have, um, you can, you can make a jungle on stage. Mm-hmm. You can make a, a 1700s cathedral yep. on stage. You know, like you can do all of these things. And what the part to me, so much of the magic of theater is, oh my gosh, how did they do that? I'm yep. looking at this right now and it looks like it's ancient stone, but really it's just styrofoam, paint and some wood yep yep and to me that's where so much of the magic lies in scenic design and as we sort of look at or welcome into the fold this new technology there's a part of me that resists because i'm like but that's not that's not the same kind of Mm -hmm, magic mm -hmm. that's that's it's it's like um worlds that combine fantasy and sci-fi it's like but i that's this is a world of fantasy and we're now we're adding in sci-fi and i just don't know how i feel about it exactly um, but I think where we can settle is using it to elevate the practical and using it to elevate what we've already decided we're doing. So let, let's say we're doing a Harry Potter the musical. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the one that's, that exists? The, uh, the Cursed uh, Child. Uh, a Harry Potter musical. He, no, yeah. I'm thinking of the stupid oh, yeah. uh, parody <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that too. But like. If maybe the the library is real, mm-hmm. there's actual books mm-hmm. in the library and actual um, arches and and windows and yeah. whatever. But we use projections to create some cool effects and yeah. to to add things, or like a ghost, like or a ghost, you know, instead of instead of a real person on wires just going, hey, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> I feel I wonder if maybe the the answer in my heart, mm-hmm. I think, need is that if we can do it in real life mm-hmm. practically do it. we should yep. if we can't then let's by all means let's use projection correct um but i don't know i there's something about the magic of practicality and the magic Very of much. It, it is right there in mm-hmm. front of you it's just an illusion yeah. but screens aren't illusions they're yeah. it's animation it's true. and there's nothing wrong with that but it's you, there's just something magical as one of my dear friends you're one of those people that i would love to walk around a new city with and just literally look at buildings and be like 
they made that. Like, th- yeah. like how they designed them. Be like, that's 18 stories in the air. How'd they do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And if you want to hear us talk about that, go yeah. to our architecture episode. <laughs> Self plug. Uh, yeah. But no, um, I, I agree with you. If it's tangible, if you can do it, at least try. Like, don't, don't yeah. be like, oh, we'll project it. But, but we can make it. Because you're, yeah. as you were saying, you're sort of taking away from a different form of artistry in creating the real the realness or, mm-hmm. or even the likeness of and uh, you and I are practical thinkers when it comes to that but we're also so imaginative that we're like how can we make this versus okay we're just going to project it on a white white pillar and make it look like stone cool call it a day yeah well, there there even is though some magic in like creating the pillar and mm-hmm. and cuz you still have to construct that and to find the right materials and the and the whatever correct um there's still a little bit of magic there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like my well, ideal scenic designs are, are ones that are like 98% yep. handmade mm-hmm. and then use that extra 2% for some pizzazz. Yeah, why not? The pizzazz is good. Some technology um, pizzazz. Yeah. Uh, you've you've seen the show, so touching back on the, the beginning subject of Beetlejuice, yeah. I'll ask you, is the set is the set any color or is it all white and each different phase of the house, is it both projections or is oh. the house... The house, and then the projections is the Beetlejuice land. Does that uh, make sense? That's yeah. I hear. I hear what you're saying. So, um, this is all off of memory. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> but I think so. What I do know for a fact is that there are like separate installations that physically change. So, like the chandelier is changed yeah. out. They lift one out and put another one in. There's mm-hmm. paintings on the wall that go in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, the fireplace, I think, is it altered. Shifts, yeah. The wallpaper is added on top. Mm-hmm. Um. So there are like practical changes okay. that provide new color. Yeah. Um, but I think I want to say that like for instance the crown molding yep. that we've been talking about so much in particular. Um, I think that that might just be all projection all the time. Hey. Um, I don't know. I'd have to find out. But yeah, I think I think it's a mix. Okay, it's definitely a mix. There are some practical changes that occur yeah. in the staircase. There mm. are aspects of the staircase that are like completely altered. They you're gonna get so many t- new. You're gonna get so many text things. messages after I say that show and be like, "Oh yes. my gosh, <laughs> yes!" Yeah. Be like, this yeah. there, "How did that? What?" Yeah. Well, and and that I think is is a perfect example of the mix. Yeah. It's not all. It's not just panels of LED screens. Correct. That it's one house, then it's another. Part mm-hmm. of that magic uh-huh. is that they literally are changing. There is new wallpaper that in the two seconds that's been off stage, they have uh-huh. put on the wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, that go. This is a complete side note, but that goes to show the the. I will call it the ninety eight percent, just for ease of our sure. brains. There's fantastic magic in that, and the show that comes to my mind is the show that goes wrong, or the play that mm-hmm. goes wrong. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. It, to have a set be sturdy is no easy task, but to have a set that on purpose falls apart mm-hmm. but looks gorgeous yeah. at the beginning. I mean that that feed alone, yeah. and there's no projections in that show, so that it doesn't pertain to the subject. But the fact that they can design it to fall apart, and yes. then at the end of the show, literally be completely nothing but studs, and you and can it's see magical all backstage because it's tangible, correct? It's real. They made it exactly. with their hands. Like that's that's what, magic. That's what I'm getting at. Is that ninety eight percent works because it does. But mm-hmm. I the first show that I did in Florida mm. was it's only life at the Studio Theater Channel yeah, 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 Soul. Yeah. yeah. And the set for that show was gorgeous, uh-huh. and they incorporated projections beautifully. Hey. Um, they had uh, it was this gorgeous, like almost semicircle. It was this curved back wall, hey. 
that looked, it suggested windows with this really interesting color gradient. It was gorgeous. <laughs> and um, it's a very abstract show to help kind of ground things. They projected um, like a cityscape on the back. And as we went to different locations, the cityscape would change. So like there was an apartment and it would like zoom in on a window that had a little plant in it. And that plant was like spoken about and just like somebody talked about their plan in the window. So something like that. Mm. It was incorporating things. So yeah. it's just a, an example from thin air that I don't think was real, but um, incorporated those sorts of things. And it used, it was beautiful. It was mm-hmm. so cool. It created some really cool effects too. Yeah. Um, and to shout out those people, because I don't want to talk about a really good no, project yeah. and not credit them. Um, so the set designer was Kenneth Constant. Um, the lighting tech was Ali Southgate. The um, production engineer was Jessica Kearney. And then the um, tech director was Clayton Becker. Nice. Um, so they, they did some really cool Shout work on that show. Them. If you yeah. can find photos, uh, videos of it, it's thesharenstudio.com. Yeah. Um, they have some photos that I'm looking at nice. right now. Oh, good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs> I think I think to, to wrap up our points if you will on the subject is the technological pizzazz is worthy on stage but maybe we try to make it real before you go to that yeah i think it's it's a matter of finding the how each can elevate the other rather than one taking over or trumping the other correct um which i think in most professional circles is being done correct i just think like in and maybe some lower budget areas or smaller theaters mm-hmm. with not as many resources that's become a crutch. Yep. Um, but we don't have to we don't do have that. To. We can yeah. we can be inventive and find new ways and all that stuff. Guarantee as both a performer and audience member first, if an audience member walks in and can see the tangibility on stage, instantly that wonder is gonna be there. If they walk in and there's nothing on stage, they may <laughs> wonder where, like where the yeah. set is. But it's it's part of the transformation when you walk into the space too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That was a great place to wrap up. Uh, but before you go, I actually have like some uh, what's it called? Like uh, at home reading. What, what do you call it? Uh, um, um, not homework. Not but, homework. Uh, uh, but it's a uh, like self self reading. Uh, sure. Pleasure reading. Sure. Free if you time. if you wanna if you wanna have some uh, some reading for pleasure, just to follow up uh, on this topic on your own time. Um, not that this isn't your own time. What am I saying? <laughs> anyway, uh, there is. Uh, I'm I'm putting some articles in the description just because mm-hmm. I found these and feel like they're pretty relevant to how uh, to the things we were talking about today. Yep. Um, one is from Theater Art Life, and um, it's uh, an article on projection design for theater. <laughs> um, and then the other one is on Playbill.com about how projection de- how projection design is changing the landscape of theater. Hmm. Um, so both, I feel like, are can be some some cool reads. Yeah. Um, oh, and then also a video uh, from Matt Kaiser on scenic projections and their ideal environment. Nice. Which is really cool. So I want to copy and paste those in the the bio or yeah. Austin Well for y'all. So yeah. Well, let's talk about coffee real quick since we we're wrapped up on that wonderful subject. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts? I like it. Um, it's sort of it it falls into the category for me with coffees that it blends together with other flavorings that I've had. Mm-hmm. For me, it's really, really um, pingy and tart. And mm-hmm. I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But not tart in a fruity way. No, no, but no, no. tart no, no. is in like, like it grips you kind yeah, of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost, almost sour, but not. Huh. Like it's, okay. it's very interesting. So what are the notes of it? 
Um, it actually doesn't say. Amazing. <laughs> um, I don't think so. It says smoky, bold, and nostalgic. Okay, the smoky I get because it 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 um like if if tobacco smoke, not that I've ever smoked, but if tobacco smoke <laughs> had a flavor, I feel like this is what it would be. <laughs> yeah, I or mean, like well, to me, it wasn't like smoky, smoky, but it was um. I don't know. I think it was just the roast level lent itself to I a think bit so. of smokiness yeah. to yeah. it. But it wasn't overly dark. Um, it was, it it was a nice dark that I'm getting to dark. as far as the smoke. Because yeah, dark I, coffee always has that that bite. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it. But yeah. it's it's just It's not quite acrid though either. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not over roasted or anything. But no, I like it. It's a very enjoyable cup of cup of joe. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> yes. As the website says. This coffee is best paired with early mornings in the woods and adventures off the beaten path. Okay, that makes one thousand percent. So may sense. you may you order Enjoy this that. coffee and if you're listening go on to, a hike. And if you're listening to this in the woods, tell somebody you're safe. But yes, <laughs> and kudos to you for downloading yes, a exactly. podcast episode in advance in to advance. listen on a hike. Well, That's one hundred percent. Thank you. <laughs> well, cool. Well, cool. That's all we got. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you are excited for this new season, because um, we are. And yeah. uh, as always, our show notes have uh, affiliate links for Carver Coffee and Vocal Mist. And um, buy us a coffee if you want to help support the show. We really appreciate it. And if you made it this far, once again, thank you for listening. Because thanks for we're listening. Just, we're just two guys that like to talk, and hopefully you like to listen. So yeah. if you have any thoughts on this episode or any shows in particular that you know um, either heavily crutch on projections that we didn't mention or we may not even know about uh, or ones that are coming let us know uh reach out we love to either be corrected or learn about new things going forward who knows mm-hmm. it may be an episode who knows <laughs> yeah thanks for listening yeah and we will see you soon um raise your mugs everybody here we go this is the first time we've said this in i know a month it's gonna be great <laughs> wait we should try to say it at the same time Sorry, even ready? though we're on screens One. okay be, be good beans and, and drink, drink good beans. beans. It actually went really <laughs> I don't know well. if that yeah, worked. Did it? I think it did. I, yeah. The entire time I was saying it sooner than you were. Oh, I was like, in, the on, lag is going to be great. On my end, it works great. So it's good. <laughs> and your editing is going to make it perfect. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Oh, Thank gosh. you, everybody. Have, Have a great good day. One. The Artist's Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions, a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's infamous adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.